Amen. How great thou art. How great God is. Do you ever just sit and just think how great God is? Have all the things that he has done for you, done for us, all the things that he has brought you from, do you ever just sit and just say, God, how great are you? How great thou art. That God, you didn't have to save me. God, you didn't have to deliver me. God, you didn't have to set me free. And God, you didn't have to call heaven my home. But God, you saved my soul. How great thou art. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me, please. The book of Genesis. We continue the study of Joseph, the life of Joseph. We have done went so far already, but yet we got so far to go. And I hope you again are enjoying this study. I know I personally have enjoyed this study very well. It's really blessed me. It's really encouraged me um, to study the life of Joseph. How we can take what I call the little nuggets of his life and apply them to our own lives. How they can make us make our own selves better Christians, better followers of Jesus Christ. Genesis 37, verse 36. And then I want you to jump to Genesis 39, for verses 1 through 6. Genesis 37, verse 36, the Bible says, And the Mennonites, Midianites, sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. Now jump to Genesis 39. Verses 1 through 6. Beginning in verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his masters, the Egyptians. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had he put into his hands. And it came to pass from the time that he had uh, made him overseer in his house and all over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessings of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Verse 6. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person. And well favored. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray God you anoint me tonight. That you touch me. Lord, that I may teach your word. Lord, tonight with boldness. With clarity. And with authority. God, use me tonight to accomplish your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. When we left Joseph in our last message, he had been betrayed by the ones that should love him the most. He was sold into slavery. 
He was bought for the same price as what we said last week as a crippled slave, less than $100. The very flesh and blood, they sold him into slavery. But I want you to try to put yourself in the shoes of Joseph. Think for a moment. You are 17 years old, and you had so much favor from your father, Jacob. So much favor that your father gave you a coat of many colors. And that coat was just not a coat. It was a coat that was symbolic of the position that he was given by his father. Joseph was made overseer of the house of Jacob. Man, he was the overseer of all his assets, all his brothers. Everything that was tied to Jacob is now tied to Joseph. He had such favor. He had so much love, but yet he had so much hate. Not from the heart of Joseph, but from the heart of his brothers. And now he is sold into slavery. At first he's thrown into a pit. And, and now he's sold into slavery. In many ways, you may just say, well, I'm just a simple person living in an unsophisticated world. And you find yourself transported to the capital city that is the most advanced nation of all the earth. Imagine how Joseph must have felt as the camels crested in the hills and the wonders of ancient Egypt spread before him and to a place that he has probably never been before. In this time, the great pyramids are now still standing. He has seen all these new landscapes. Joseph would have been the great uh, Egyptian, uh, he would have saw the great Egyptian temples and the uh, uh, palaces of Pharaoh and all of his people. He said a land that he has now never been exposed to. On the surface, it seems that circumstances could have been worse for Joseph, but in truth, if we look at it, those difficult days were mere stepping stones for Joseph. Uh, in a way, it may appear that all Joseph's dreams are now shattered, all his hopes are out the window, all his, his desires, his wants, his whole future is now out the window. Have you ever been there before? Where it seems like everything was going just perfect. Everything was going as planned. Everything was going as you felt like God has called it in your life. How many know at just that one phone call can change your whole life? That very moment that phone rings can change your whole life. That very next morning you wake up, your whole life is forever changed. In a moment, in an instant, it is forever changed. But I want to show you three things about Joseph tonight. Of how God's hand was upon him. That the Lord was with Joseph. First of all, God protected him. God protected him. As I said a moment ago, it seemed that all has fallen for Joseph. But yet, you will take a minute to examine what we're going to say tonight. It becomes clear that Joseph was in the hand of divine providence. Joseph's path may have shifted a little bit, but Joseph was still in the hand of the Lord. Consider all the facts, and there's too many that are just saying things just happened. Sometimes through our circumstances, we say, well, things just happen. No, things don't just happen. There are reasons why. Look at the intervention of Reuben. Judas had planned to sell Joseph as a slave. The appearance of the Ishmael traders showed up. Was that a coincidence? No, things don't just happen in our lives. I believe God has divine plans and divine purpose for each and every one of our lives. We may think, well, things just happen. No. All things happen 
for reasons. The fact that we were told that uh, he was sold to Potiphar in Genesis 37. Potiphar is called what we just read before, just a moment ago, he's called the captain of the guard. What does that mean? He was basically Pharaoh's CIA or uh, special service, uh, special force task, if you want to call it that. Potiphar, by his position, would have been in contact with many of the uh, 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 political officers of Egypt, but not outside of the realm of possibility that Joseph would have been introduced to so many different things. He's now as a window of so much opportunity now open before him, but he does not realize it just yet. God set everything up just like it was supposed to be. We may think it's all falling apart. We may think it's all clashing down. But in all honesty, in all reality, God's saying, "Uh uh-uh, I've got control over this one. You may not see it yet, but I have all control. You can see now how much control the Lord has now looking at Joseph's life. And you can see now as we begin to study more and more in depth with Joseph's life, even before the, about the studies we have already done, you can see that the hand of God has been upon Joseph from day one. The Israelites were out for a prophet. Potiphar was just looking for a good deal on a slave. But I want you to watch this. Don't miss this. What they could not see, talking about Potiphar, talking about the Ishmaelites, and talking about Joseph's brothers. What they could not see is that they were all unwittingly accomplishing the purpose of a sovereign God. That That may not mean much to you tonight, but let me just share just for a moment what that means to me. What that simply means to me is that when the enemy comes in and the enemy tries to uh, throw us into trials and throw us into battles and when it seems like we are uh, walking on high and we're walking on the mountaintop and everything is going good and everything is going as planned, but next thing you know, we're, we are walking in the valley. We are walking in our low times and it seems like the left is hitting us and the right is hitting us and it seems like when we go three feet forward, we get not ten feet back. But see, what I want to encourage you with tonight is that when the enemy comes in and when the enemy puts us uh, through these trials and, and these, these trips and these hang-ups, what he don't understand is that the more he puts on us, the more he pushes us, he don't realize, but the more he pushes us, the more he's pushed us into the plan of God. And see, we may not see that. We may not see what is currently going on. See, when we go through trials and we see the storm raging, we see the dark clouds rising, we see the sun, uh, the light in our lives going away, we begin to pray what? We begin to pray this prayer. Lord, don't let me go through another storm. Have you ever prayed that prayer before? You pray that, Lord, if I get one more thing on my plate, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to break. We've all been there. Where it feels like our feet weigh literally thousands of pounds apiece. We can't pick them up. We go all day. We go tired. We go weary. We go like we just can't make it one more step. We get up tired. We go to work tired. We go all day feel like we just can't make it. We go to bed tired. We go to church tired. And we're thinking, God, if one more thing happens to my life, I'm going to lose it. 
But I want to encourage you tonight this one thing. That when the enemy comes and presses more on you, you think you may not can hold one more thing. But you've got to understand the reason God puts so much on us. Now the Bible does say that he will not put on us more than he can, that we can bear. Yes. But you may not think you can bear much more, but yet all of a sudden you see more coming. More is coming. More is coming. And you're thinking, why are you putting so much on me? But God, what God's trying to show you is how much you have grown from the last trial. How much you have grown from the last battle. You thought the last battle was going to put you under. But now you see the, the, the next battle is worse than the one that you just came from. Came from. But God, what God is showing you, just like he is Joseph, he is saying that, hey, you have grown so much from the last battle. The reason this one is so much harder is because I want you to grow even more. But I want to encourage you this one thing. When you are going through trials and battles just like Joseph here is going through probably the hardest time in his life when he had everything in his hand, everything was going right, and all of a sudden it was gone out the window. I want to encourage you not to pray the storm away. But pray God gives me the strength to go through the storm. Because there's a song that I love, but I'm sure most of you have heard it. Lord, don't let this storm go to waste. There is a reason for my pain. Show us your glory. Reveal your grace. Don't pray the storm away. And honestly, and intentionally, that's what we want to do. We want to pray those storms away. But I want to encourage you not to pray the storm away because the storm is what matures us. The storm is what grows us. The storm is what pushes us into greater depths with God. Why would you want not to want to go through uh, greater depths with God? See, so many times we, we want to go in more depth with God, but yet we don't want the storms. But I'm sorry to break anybody's heart tonight but the fact of the matter is you can't have one without the other I heard somebody say this the higher the level the bigger the devil man the, hard, the closer you draw closer to God the more Satan's going to fight to try to pull you away but and like I've said a hundred times it's all in how you look at it don't look at it as a trial Look at it as an opportunity for me to grow closer with God. And see, here's another thing. We pray that, again, God, don't let me go through the storm. But why? Joseph went through it. And God's trying to show us that through the storms, I will protect you. I've got my hand upon you. And see, when we go through these storms, when we go through battles and trials, we think God's hand is so far from us. And I want to tell you, and I want to encourage you on this one thing also. When you go through trials and battles, just like Joseph, and the reason I keep using trials and battles because this part in Joseph's life is what it seems like to him that all his life is now is nothing but a trial and a battle. Because he was thrown into a pit, and now he is sold into slavery. There is no daylight in his life no more. It's the end for him. That's probably what he sees, how he sees it at that very moment. But God said, I will protect you through all this. 
And I know with my own personal walk with Christ, when I am going through those dark and it seems like those valleys, I feel like God is so far from me that God's hand is not upon me, that God's protection is not upon me because I am now blinded by what I'm going through. But rest assured, God's hand and protection is always upon you. And you feel like when you go through those trials, those stormy nights, that the blessings of God have left you. No, my friend, they have not left you. Just because you are walking through trials and just because you're walking through the battle does not mean you're, still, you're not still walking in the blessing and the favor of God. Not only did God protect him, but secondly, God prospered him. And see, when we think of prosperity, we think of money, we think of wealth, we think of fame, we think of fortune, we think of all these things. But I can tell you, you can be the most prosperous man, be the most broke man that ever lived. How do you say that? Because prosperity ain't always about money. I'd rather be uh, rich in the blessings and the grace and the mercy of God than I would have any amount of money that you could ever give me. Because money is temporal things. I'm looking for the internal things. I'm looking for heaven. My treasure is not here on earth. My treasure is placed up in heaven where I will go and be and meet one day. For if I place my treasure in heaven, the Bible says rust and all these uh, things won't uh, hurt it. But he prospered him. How did he prosper Joseph? Because if you notice in the story that Joseph was prosperous, and like I just read, that everything he touched turned to gold. It's like everything he touched prospered. Everything he done prospered. Everywhere he went, he prospered. Why? Because if you look at Joseph, and there's another thing, we, there's another nugget we can grab from the story of Joseph, the life of Joseph, is the fact that through all that he went through, his integrity, his character, never changed. See, depending on where you meet people determines the personality you're going to in, in, uh, encounter. You may meet them in church. And they may be, brother, hey, you, I love you, hey, good to see you, God loves you, hey, shout hallelujah, amen, let's go and have church. But then you meet them again, the same person in a different place, different time, you think, who in the world is this? That may sound judgmental, but I'm not being judgmental. I'm talking about the integrity of your heart. Joseph never changed. Joseph was the same from the time his father placed that coat of many colors. He did not, he did not take it with a prideful heart. He did not take it with a big boastful mind. Look at me, look at me. I'm better than my other 11 brothers. I'm better than anybody on this side of the earth. I am better. No, he, he was thankful because he knew he worked hard for it. He, he appreciated it. And so now he's in, he's, in, he's, he's bought as a slave. But here's the key. He never changed. Just because of what you go through doesn't mean your integrity has to change. Just because of what you go through does not mean your character has to change. Joseph's character never changed. He still, he still stayed the same. Your integrity and your walk with God is important that you put them both together. Well, you say, well, life did this to me. No, life did not do that to you. Don't you lie to yourself. You chose to be this way. It's like we said a couple messages ago, that Joseph could have easily allowed the dysfunctional home that he was in to change him to what they were. 
But he said, no, no, I've got greater things. God's got better plans for me. If you just keep that in your heart and keep that in your mind, that no matter what I go through, no matter what trial I face, no matter what battle I face, God has always got greater. God's always got bigger and more important things ahead of for me. My dreams, just because I had them now, and just because I'm going through this trial, does not mean I'm walking with shattered dreams. Uh, uh, those dreams that Joseph had, had was the very thing that got him from where he was and it, it kept him through the battles. If God has promised you, if God has shown you, if God has spoken over you, no matter what you go through, those things that he has promised you, first of all, came from him, are always going to be with you. Nobody can steal those things from you. Every good gift and every perfect gift come from where? Come from above. God prospered him. Why? Because he never changed. And you may think this. You may think, well, have you ever noticed that there are certain ones that you come in contact with in church? Or even out of church. We'll, go, we'll, we'll even go there. That it's like, man, God really blesses that person. God really blesses that individual. And it does really seem like they bless, that God blesses them more than you. Now, if you look at it, you may say, well, that can't be right because that's favoritism. How can God bless him more than me? God's not blessing that person more than you. Because the Bible also says that God has no respect to person. If God will do it for him, he'll do the same for you. But, but in the sense, but look at the picture. Just like Joseph. He was, he was blessed more than the others. Why? Sometimes God will bless others more because of the level of trust he puts in them. See, Luke 10, 16 talks about how, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but basically saying if, if, you, if he can trust you with the small things, he'll trust you with the greater things. But if you can't trust you with the small things, he can't trust you with the bigger things. That's paraphrasing, but you can go back and look at it. Luke 10, 16. It, it's basically saying because there, he's not blessing them. It's because their walk and their level of maturity has done grown and surpassed where you are in your walk. And if you allow God to, just like Joseph allowed him to, that he can grow your level of maturity where he can trust you with more. He said, faithful over a few things, he said, I'll make you rule over many. He wants, to, he wants you to be trusted with just the small things in life. The very things that you and I take for granted every single day. You and I walk in the blessings of God every day we wake up. Every day we wake up. If we wake up with breath in our lungs, we are blessed. And do you ever thank him for that breath of air when you wake up? When you get up and you put your clothes on, you thank God, hey, I thank you, God, for the clothes that are on my back. I thank you for that water coming out of that faucet that I may bathe myself and, and brush my teeth. I thank you for that cup of coffee that I have that it's not really a necessity, but it's more of a commodity. I don't have to have coffee, but I'm blessed enough to have coffee. Oh, I think it's that vehicle that I'm supposed to get into. It's not a 2020 Silverado, but hey, it gets me from point A to point B. Do you ever think about, and do you ever thank God for the blessing that he has gave you and for even the little things? But yet you want the big things? You want the greater picture? You want the bigger thing, the bigger blessing? But God said, uh-uh. You don't even thank me for the small things. Joseph, the reason he prospered, it's because he thought he thanked God for the little things 
the coat of many colors. The brothers look at it as a raggedy old piece of coat. But no, Joseph saw more than that. He said, that's, not more, that's just more than a coat. That's, that's my new position. And see, my father-in-law always said this. Another, one man's junk is another man's treasure. And you think, where, how in God's name can you make that into spiritual? Let me show you. You may look at that person and not think they're, they're much. But you take this other person, they may look at that as, hey, that's the greatest thing I ever saw. Because that person has a heart of sincerity, has a heart of humility. What little things you take for granted, that other person looks at those little things and said, hey, I wish I could have all that. But not Joseph. Joseph said, I'll take it. I'll run with it. Not only did God protect Joseph, not only did God prosper Joseph, but thirdly and lastly, God promoted Joseph. Joseph was, again, the father's favorite. Cold of many colors. Now he's sold into slavery. Thrown into a pit. How's that promotion? Again, it's all in how you look at it. Not only was he, did he go through trials, but watch. He kept his integrity. He kept his character. He kept his focus and vision in mind. He knew who he was. He never lost who he was. How many times in life have we allowed the trials and the battles to shape us the wrong way? How many times have you went to prayer and said, God, who am I? I have lost myself. I'm not the same person anymore. We have allowed the trials and the battles to shape us in the wrong way instead of shaping us the right way. He could have easily took that moment, Joseph, the pit, he could have called that a parish. He said, no. I'm saying, I'm hanging on into the slavery. He never changed. He kept his vision and his focus on God. He kept his character and his integrity. He stayed true to himself. You know who you are tonight. Ask yourself, who am I? Joseph knew exactly who he was. That's why God stayed, that's why God uh, promoted him. He said, I can trust this man. He might be 17 years old, but he's got a heart. I can use this man. So now, where is Joseph? Joseph is now overseer over all these assets. Over Potiphar. He's overseer. He went from an overseer of a family of 12. Now he's overseer of over all of Potiphar's possessions. He got promoted. How's that hope for me? How does that encourage me? I'm not going to be an overseer. No, you may not. But I want to encourage you this. God can still promote you to greater things. The only reason God has not promoted you is because you have a mindset of uh, not being promoted. Because you have a mindset of, well, God's not going to promote me. Why? He owns the cattle with thousand hills. He owns all the silver and all the gold. He has all that he needs. So why wouldn't he promote us? Don't limit God. Because God is limitless. He can promote us to bigger and greater things. You may think, well, what could God ever promote me to? Just think about it. What, what, what could he not promote us to? I mean, the, the it's, it's limitless. 
I pray that we have a heart that we still search, uh, seek God, we still search God while he can still be found. Don't let the age, don't let the, the, the health, don't let things that you've uh, been going through and been facing and been fine, don't let those things keep you from greater. God has got greater things in store for you individually. God's got greater things in store for us as a church. Don't lose yourself because God's hand is still upon your life. He has not left you. You may think, well, it's been so long since I've felt God. It's been so long since I've been in the presence of God. God is still there. He is still he is still on the throne. He has never left you, nor has he ever forsaken you. Trust God today. Like Joseph, he put all his trust in God. No matter what he went through, God's hand stayed upon him. And he didn't allow what he went through to shape and to change him the wrong way. But he allowed the situation to change him to for the greater things. Amen. Hope you enjoyed this Bible study tonight. And so again, what is my word tonight? What is my encouragement? What is my word tonight? Well, here's simply this. Situations don't change us. Situations promote us. Situations build us. Situations uh, encourage us and grow us to the greater things that God has in store for us. Not change us, but to promote us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you, Lord, for this Bible study that you've given us tonight, Lord, that we understand tonight that no matter what we go through, God, your hand and your favor and your promises are still upon our life. And God, that you have not left us nor forsake us. God, we pray that you give us strength, Lord, to keep, that we keep our focus, our eyes, our heart, our minds upon you. That, that no matter what the world brings our way, no matter what the enemy tries to uh, uh, bring up against us, Lord, that we are standing upon your word, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Nothing the enemy tries to throw at us will ever come to pass. That God, you will keep us and you will keep us safe. You will give, her, give your angels charge over us as it is declared in Psalms 91. God, we thank you tonight that you have watched over us all these years. That God, you have protected us. Lord, I know tonight we don't even deserve to be alive tonight, but it's by the favor and by the grace and mercy of your sovereignty that we are still here tonight, lifting up your name, worshiping your name, and giving all praise and glory to your name. God, I pray, God, you watch over us and keep us safe. Lord, I pray, God, you bring us back at the next appointed time, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship. God, we're going to come with a praise and a, and a song on our heart to worship you again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. And we will see you Sunday morning.